You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. This is Scout, your co-host, and I'm so excited about this episode. Before we get into the episode, I do want to give a little update that we are going to be taking a summer break from our Wednesday and Friday episodes. Don't worry, they're coming back. Mads and I are just doing a little OOO. It's, God, I really thought that would translate a little bit better on the podcast, but I, I don't think that landed, guys. I do not think that landed. We're doing a little out-of-office moment on the Wednesday, Friday, so that we can kick back, enjoy our summer Fridays, enjoy the sunshine, etc. But as you sisters know, Monday is our Holy Grail episode, so we're not going anywhere on that one. Um, Okay, so this episode was so incredible. We interviewed Pritika Swarab. She's the founder of Procti Beauty. Uh, But she is so much more than an entrepreneur. She's so much more than a model. We talk about how to have a multidimensional career, how to go after different parts of you, how to transition between industries or live in both industries at the same time. She is incredibly smart, incredibly intentional, and we really go through how she built Procti, some of the challenges that she had along the way. 
and the areas where people underestimated her as a model turned entrepreneur. So sisters, you are going to love this episode. It filled my heart up with so much warmth. So without further ado, let's welcome Pritika to OKSIS podcast. Oh my gosh. Hello, beauty. Oh, wow. We are in the presence of a beautiful, angelic woman. I'm glad I just we figured it a out. Workout, so I look like I finished <laughs> a workout. Um, how are you? Um, I look, what about me? Are you not going to tell me I look good? You look okay. <laughs> I'm wearing like this thing. Look what I'm doing. For Pritika, I wore this gorgeous <laughs> neckline. No, it looks beautiful. And I love the glasses too. I love like a signature glasses. I feel like I have the same glasses since I was 16 years old. And I'm like, maybe it's time to get a new pair, but I've been the same prescription. So I love some good glasses. Scout has like, those are her signature. Those are Warby Parker. And it's so annoying because like, I could never get those glasses and I love them as well. But we would look insane if we both had the same ones. But it's just so unique. I love it. You'd be twinning. Well, sis- sistering is enough. I think we we don't need to we don't need to go to the twin to, to the twin level, you know. Okay, Mads, can you please? We just have to start with this because I need Mads to read off some of your accomplishments real fast, so the sisters understand who we're speaking to. Yeah, yeah, it's like next level, honestly. So. You're the founder and CEO of India-inspired beauty and wellness brand Prakti, international fashion model, global ambassador for Operation Smile, and Columbia University graduate. The New York Post named you the world's most fabulous financier, which we need to discuss what that means. And she was re- you were recently named Fashion It Girl of 2022, and we're going to name you Fashion It Girl of 2023 and mic drop. I love this. Thank you. You give me a Mall Clooney vibes. And I kind of want to talk about it a little bit because it's so amazing. I was looking at some of your press things, you know, for you two, and I'll use the cliche phrase, like the brains and the beauty. And I know that you wanted to become a doctor and you got scouted at 17 and then you became a model, but you've really broken barriers as far as industries go. You've gone fashion, beauty, business school, uh, your social activist, etc. Can you talk about the multidimensionality of you and where that comes from and why you've chosen to pursue many different paths in your career? Yeah, I feel like when I was just first getting started as a model, everyone was telling me, you know, you have to focus on this one path and that's how you're going to succeed. And I just grew up, you know, with everyone in my family. They're all doctors. Everyone's super focused on education, and that's still obviously my number one priority as well. Um, but it was something that I thought about a lot because I knew that I didn't want to limit myself. And um, just because you're supposed to have one path doesn't mean that you can't pursue all of your passions and that they all won't intertwine because I, I don't believe I saw this at the beginning, but even with starting Procti, my background in finance, my ambassadorship with Operation Smile, like it all just mashed together in a really beautiful way. And I one of the biggest uh, messages that I want to spread is that women are multidimensional. We're having a day job, having a bunch of hobbies, you know, fashion, finance, like it's it's all about staying true to yourself. And for me, I just I knew that pursuing one path wasn't going to be enough and that 
you know, having a supportive family and just a great, um, you know, foundation from which you can pursue everything meant a lot to me. So it, it took a little while, I would say, to, to have that confidence in myself and to know that you can and I can handle it all. Um, but yeah, I just, I think everyone's, everyone is multidimensional. Everyone's pursuing all of their passions and I, I love that. And I'm, I'm inspired by so many women in my life that are doing similar things. Absolutely. I mean, that's the premise on which we started OKSIS podcast. We believe women are multifaceted. They do not need to be niched down into one specific area or arena. And um, if anyone, you know, sisters who are listening know, like we go from talking about mental health to like The Bachelor in one sentence and like one breath, right? Like that's just who we are why is there ever a need to kind of tame that or or focus it and so I don't know I I I agree with you where you know sometimes I've heard advice of like you know remain focused like go in that one direction and like put all of your energy towards that and I've never felt like that sat well with me because I can't hide certain parts of my life. Like they're just, I want to share it all. And it all, as you mentioned, intertwines in some way. Um, You know, I want to talk about business school because, you know, that didn't, I feel like because you were so successful and you started this company, like why even go to business school? You know, obviously I think business school is amazing for the network and for establishing yourself or like shifting careers or pivoting. Tell me about that decision because if you were already kind of on your way, why introduce that schooling. Right. So just so you all know, I haven't gone to Columbia Business School. I have been accepted to Columbia Business School. I went, okay, just so you guys know. Got it. Okay. So the question still applies. Like why, yeah. Why go when you've had this like flourishing career? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I studied financial economics. When I was graduating, I, you know, I always want to keep my options open. I was just getting Procty off the ground. We hadn't even launched. We did a soft launch in September, 2021. And Um, I was actually just thinking about the next level of education because I really feel that education is so important, you know, whether you're trying to pivot industries or trying to understand your specialty. um, I knew I wanted that option. So I applied to the deferred enrollment program. And so, you know, I'm able to go back really whenever I choose. And I I never think more education hurts. (laughs) I, I mean, I know that now people are so focused on that instant gratification when it comes to success, whether that's making a ton of money on TikTok or, you know, there are so many ways to have a career now, but um, I just feel that education is something that will always be there. And my dad said this to me a hundred times, knowledge is power. So I was like, okay, definitely gonna apply. I got accepted and and we'll see when the right time is to go. But I, I will say I have my hands pretty full with Procti and, and all of my other involvements. So I, I do like to have that. And I do believe I will go to business school. It will be in the next few years, I'm sure. Have you ever been in a situation where you've, and I, I'm blanking on the right term on this. And I mean this because we talk about multidimensionality, but I think that there's still a, uh, I don't want to say the word stigma, but there's an idea of like someone who's a fashion model and then such a stark contrast to being an entrepreneur, which I think that 
in the last 10 years, we're seeing those two industries blend together so much more. So many women are starting their own businesses who started in the fashion world or who started as models or who started in beauty. And it's so amazing. Or even actresses, right? Like they're creating their own brands and they're becoming businesswomen. And it's so incredible to see, especially when you know, they've they've been working and being a creative outlet for so many other businesses and now they're creating their own, which is so exciting. And when someone makes that jumps between such different industries, have you ever, do you have a story where you felt uh, underestimated? Like someone didn't take you seriously or someone didn't think that you could build a business or anything like that as a woman who comes from the fashion world and who's making such splashes with your beauty brand? Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. 
legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Yeah, so many experiences. <laughs> You're like, um, where, how do I, yeah, where do I start? How do you get over those? How do I start this this topic? Um, definitely a lot of experiences. I think that when you have built your career in one area, so for me it was modeling, it gave me such an edge in the sense that I understood how, you know, how the beauty industry works. I specialized in beauty, although I've worked for many different brands. So just the market trends, like the background operations, like it helped me a lot when starting my brand and then my background in finance did too. And I think when I was finishing school, like I had this deal with my parents where I was like, okay, I'm going to go through school, I'm going to model full time, and then I'm going to get a real job. And and um, I think at that time they didn't know what this career would turn into. Um, so I had I had the plan to leave behind all, um, all of these other involvements just because I really wanted to be 100% committed to the company. I wanted to show that it's my number one priority. And I also did feel like I wouldn't be taken as seriously as a businesswoman, ha- you know, having all of these other things in the background, whether it's an appearance or you see me, you know, in some, on some website. And it just, a lot of, a lot of things sometimes don't feel like they're going to mesh well together, but it's been, uh, you know, it's been a really interesting journey and how it has all worked together. Um, But even just, I remember early on, before we'd even launched the brand, I was speaking to a supplier and just talking to him about the feasibility of, of some of some of these components or how things could work. And at that time I was learning a lot about product development and, you know, we do everything in house. So I was talking to him and he said, well, why don't you leave all of this to me? You're the pretty face of the brand. You're not focused on this. And I just had to take a step back because I felt I felt upset about that because this is my brand, my company. I, I have developed it from nothing. It was an idea it turned into now six products, um, you know, a movement with Indian beauty. And for him to put me in that space just didn't feel very good. And it's almost like, okay, because I am the space, the spokesperson of the brand, and yes, I've had this career in the fashion industry that that I'm not meant to do other things. I'm not meant to be taken seriously or to um, be involved in even something just like deciding the packaging or whatever it is. But it just, it really was upsetting to me. And then... Um, I didn't feel that I needed to change my behavior in any way, but I just understood 
picking who you work with and the people that surround you are, I mean, it, it's so important because these people are, um, you know, feeding into your energy every day and they, they deeply affect you, especially when you're doing something as hard as building something from scratch and you are trying to bring a new product, a new concept to the world, and you don't need those people telling you that that's not your place and you can't do it and you should just be the pretty face. And so that was probably one of the, that's one of them, but I would say it was probably one of the first ones that really affected me. I'd be like, excuse you? Like, I don't know what I would do. I would probably go off, probably. Or I'd probably just stand there like a deer in headlights, quiet, and then go home and be upset that I didn't say anything. Either one or the other, you know what I mean? Like, I'd either go full force or I would just be like, what the fuck is happening? And just be in total yeah. shock, you know? And I think a lot of don't necessarily know my background in finance, that I worked in an investment firm, that I studied um, you know, for years and could go to business school if I wanted. I think that a lot of people know one side of me and um, it's okay for people not to know everything, but it's also not okay for someone to just underestimate you and, and put you in a place that you think you should be. That's really, it seems like you have a very stable sense of self-worth and you know, because I think when you don't have that that sense and you don't have that that stableness of self-worth, I feel like that could have shaken you and really been like, oh shit, yeah, I I should just sit back and be the pretty face. Like, and it's really beautiful to hear, like, where do you think that came from? I mean, you mentioned that it took years to have that confidence to do multiple things, but where do you think that comes from? Or like, are there any practices you have that foster that self-worth? Yeah, oh, um, where it comes from is just, I guess, beginning in this industry, modeling can be very competitive. It can tear you apart in the sense that you want to be perfect for every client that you have, whether you know it's a commercial client or a high fashion client. And when I was 17, I, I felt that, that that deeply affected me in the sense that I, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be what the client wanted to me, me to be. So, you know, when you go on set, you ha you're given a certain task or hey this is the mood this is what we're doing these are the clothes you're shooting let's do it and so you don't have time to adapt and you just kind of have to go and say yes what you know whatever it takes um, but what I realized is and when I really started to succeed is when I just made it a point where I'm like this is who I am and if it's not right for certain clients it's not right for this job then that's okay because for me to to have found that inner confidence and just um, yeah sense of self helped me go so much further and, uh, and also at that time I think that people didn't nece necessarily see models as multi-dimensional as being able to have a greater role in in a company in a campaign you know and now I think that people are focusing on different personalities and really trying to amplify the model and the ambassador and in a nice in a nice way and like an all-encompassing way versus before it's like hey you're just the pretty face you're gonna shoot this like campaign and that's your yeah. there's nothing more we want yeah like you're the right. yeah you're the model you're literally right. yeah like a plug-and-play of our brand vision but then when you have that confidence to be like hey I have a personality I have something to say I have something to share here to make it unique I love that um, I want to just talk like backtrack a little bit and talk about Procti and what where that where that developed from because you know we're seeing beauty brands 
pop up left and right. I mean, the space is so saturated and your emphasis on Indian beauty um, obviously differentiates the brand, but I would love to hear about what, where that impetus was from and, and the mission behind it. Yeah, I grew up practicing all these amazing rituals and remedies. So just to take it back, Indian beauty is sensorial, it's holistic, it's about skin and soul. It's not necessarily just addressing physical concerns. And so it would just be these really fun moments that I would look forward to with my mother and my grandmother. And it was like you would make these recipes in the kitchen and it was just a fun thing to do. And also I understood just how effective these remedies are and I understood that they weren't really represented in, in the market and Indian beauty in general wasn't really represented in media and entertainment and um, as well as cultures and so that was kind of where it started because I found I had found myself just like in this deep appreciation for everything I had grown up with so originally that was that was like the main factor and then as I had gone into the modeling industry, I just realized that there really wasn't representation and there wasn't representation of Ayurveda either, this holistic wellness system. And I just felt like, you know, why hasn't there been an Indian-inspired beauty brand to reach global scale? Why can't we make Ayurveda, this proven wellness system, accessible to all women and, you know, to the benefit of all women, to be able to help them Im improve their overall well-being and, even if it's meditation, breathing, massage techniques, like beauty ideals have changed so much over the last, you know, decade. And I haven't been in beauty as long as some people have, and especially some of my advisors. But what I do know is I know that society today is looking for so much more out of their beauty brands and out of their beauty products. And so it really just stems from me wanting to make this wellness system and Indian beauty accessible, you know, really one of the biggest foundational pillars is inclusivity. Like we really wanted to make sure that we were inclusive across the spectrum. So making sure that Indian women and you know darker skin tones, South Asian women were very much included, but on a broader spectrum, because to be inclusive does not mean to just focus on one group. And so that was also one of the reasons why we said, okay, this is how we're gonna do it. This is how we're going to create this hybrid concept. So. The hybrid concept really stems from my personal hybrid, which is you know being born American but of Indian heritage and being very proud of both of my cultures, never feeling like I had to choose between one or the other. And um, that's the basis of the brand, but it's really a reflection of women today because we're hybrids of different heritage and cultures and we're multidimensional, we have goals and dreams. And I just wanted it to, to really inspire women in that way as well. So. It, it took it took a while, I think, for so when we first had the hybrid concept, and then we it evolved like we built it over time. Like first it was my personal hybrid, and then it was you know the cultural richness and spirituality of India with contemporary energies and technologies, like the fusion of tradition and technology. But then also going to the level of the product formulas, the product names like Pretty Polish. Preeti means in Hindi pleasure, pleasure polish, and all the packaging and the um, like, the copper spoons and the spatula. So, you know, every every part of this brand was very intentional to champion my culture, but to also present India in a really modern, fresh way that resonates with a younger generation, that resonates with all women, regardless of what background you have, what skin tone you have, what skin type you have. It's just very much um, for all women. So 
that's how, I mean, that's really how it started. And um, what I really, I launched and started working on the products. Actually, I started working on the products during my senior year of college. So it was, yeah, and it was an interesting time because, the, you know, the pandemic happened. It was going on for, I guess it was the first year. And so we were all working from home. We were doing our classes from home. So it gave me the opportunity to really focus on this concept and building it out and starting the products. I moved down to Florida. Our first lab is um, was based in Florida. So I moved down there so that I could, I could be close and just drop off submissions and nodes and pick them up. And, and it allowed me to get the process going very quickly. What would you say, I mean, hearing you speak about your business, it feels not only so close to the heart, but it feels so thought out and so intentional and so impactful. And like the bigger vision is so beautiful and that you are so connected to that why. And hearing you talk about it, it's, it's, it feels more like I just, then I just started a business, right? There's a bigger mission involved. And when you start a business, like business is crazy. What what are some of the challenges or unexpected challenges? What's something unexpected that you've come across, whether it's an emotional situation or a mindset that you had to shift or like, I didn't know this comes with being an entrepreneur. What's something in the process where you've been like, wow, this is crazy? <laughs> I think that I knew that it was going to be a lot to manage the operations of a business. We are a small team. We work with amazing uh, agencies, but still in-house, we're not that many people. And I think I didn't realize how overwhelming it would be. And also the product development process, just expect expect um, everything to be delayed. And when I, what I mean by that is, because I, I think when I developed our first product, I was so optimistic about every single timeline. I was like, yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna get the components in at this time. We're gonna approve the formula at this time. And I realized that nothing, nothing is seamless and you have to always have more time um, because it just, it really, does not go smoothly, <laughs> and just being just being very new. Like when before we just launched Pretty Polish, I was like everything's gonna go perfectly, and um, my mentor was like, I think you need to draw this out a little bit more. I think you need to give yourself a little more time because even just getting the formulas perfect, um, especially when you have an idea of what it's meant to be and you want to achieve your perfect idea. Sometimes you're not able to get there, but you're able to get super close and you can't let that hold you back. So I would say one, just the overwhelming operations that you don't know the half of one when you start a business and then knowing that nothing goes smoothly because it, it doesn't. I think it's great when it does, but you always wanna prepare and give yourself extra time because business is such that you can't control everything. And for me, like I, I, I love to, you know, I love to control as much as I can because there are a million fires every day. And so you can try your best, but also be flexible in a sense. So I, I've learned to do that over this time. Amen. I was gonna I was gonna say being an entrepreneur is being comfortable with letting go of control and just and for the control freaks like me, it is very hard to do that. Um, it's like it's such a paradox because as yeah. the owner, you're supposed to hold the vision, right? And you're supposed to provide the path to create that vision and have it come to fruition. And creating that path means uh, technically trying to control the steps so that the vision is created. And it's it's very much this wild paradox of creating the structure, creating the path, holding the vision, 
building out the infrastructure and then knowing that you also don't have control and relinquishing so much to what just happens. And it's the hardest thing to hold because it doesn't make sense because as the owner, you feel like that's your job is to control the way everything goes. But as you said, business never ever makes, you know, you're, you're never fully in control. It's a, once you start and you have teams and agencies and products, it takes on a life of its own. And suddenly it's not just you, but it's caring after this ecosystem that's living and breathing. And that's a crazy, crazy thing. Um, you mentioned the word, you said the word mentor and advisor. And I would love to speak on that a little bit because I think for a lot of our community, they're starting businesses, they're entrepreneurs, or maybe they just are really passionate about their career. And I think that finding mentors and advisors is really important. Do you have any tips on how you have found yours that people can implement? Or can you talk to the power of having those people um, involved within your vision? Of course, I think it's so important to have just strong mentors, people that believe in your mission and understand your passion and see the direction where you want to take the company and also people that are experienced to another level. So one of my mentors, she worked at the Estee Lauder companies for almost 40 years. She started brands like Origins. She was like a serial entrepreneur in that space. And so um, when we partnered on this, I mean, she definitely had a deep love for Indian beauty. And I think that having that perspective and having that support in the product development phase is even just the marketing, the brand concept development. Like, I think that all of that and just knowing that there's someone else that can be just a rock for you to to even bounce ideas off of, that's just very important. So. Um, she's yeah she's definitely someone that I call at any time of the day for for anything I think it's important to know when you're starting a business that you don't know everything that you're not the expert and that you and it's okay to not not know everything so so a lot of people think okay when you're starting something or when you're talking to investors or you're meeting people about the brand or talking to retailers that you need to be like the highest authority and that you need to know everything across the board and and um, showing that you don't know everything can be a weakness, but it's not because people have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. And when you don't know, um, say, I mean, it could be anything, but when you don't know even how to implement a certain strategy, like seeking help is a very powerful thing to do. So that's why that's why you should always, always look for advisors and look for mentors, because at the end of the day, they're, they're there to make you, um, to make you stronger. And, and so I would recommend that. Never be afraid to ask for help, especially when starting a new venture, because it's going to be so valuable in the long term and valuable as you build your business. And you know, having someone from, from the first day to three years later, it, it's, just, it's just invaluable advice, um, support, emotional support, guidance that, that's crucial. Emotional support, amen. Yeah, we all... We all need that. Um, what is what is your favorite part about biz- building this business, would you say? Well, my favorite part is really just hearing the responses and, and reading all the messages and um, getting to know how our audience, like how our customers are um, really taking the products. I, I, I feel that 
that to me just I mean I'm smiling so much because it makes me so happy to know that I'm I'm being a, a little part of helping someone achieve their goals and and feel so good about themselves and it's amazing when I read an email and it's about oh wow I had no idea that doing this type of breathing while I'm using this mask will really help my anxiety will really help calm me down and get me into a right place before I start my day like just messages like that keep me going and make me realize okay we really are doing something right here people do need these products they do need to look at their wellness in a holistic way and um, that's that's definitely my favorite part of this and I, I think the building just building the brand I, I don't know if I have a favorite part I guess it's the products I think that getting to the final, just the final iteration of the product is so exciting to me. Um, but the last product that we, we just launched actually yesterday, our moisturizer, Sapna Soft, we went through 28 iterations and it, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting process, but it really allows me to get creative when I'm like, okay, well, can we have it absorb instantly? Can we have it have like mood uplifting properties can we make it this like foamy texture or cloud-like texture it's just it's super creative and fun for me so I do enjoy that process a lot wow 20 that's a lot of iteration and it's like so funny because people think it just like appears you know what I mean so to hear the backstory is like whoo that's amazing no it's it's probably the most yeah the most submissions we've had for one product and I thought we were going I mean at first I was like maybe we can just we can accept you know number 15 and then I said no we need to get it right yeah. so we did get it right and then it wow. just means so much more when you put a product out on the market because you feel so good about it and you, and obviously some not everyone will love every product that you put out but you want to present your brand and you know yourself in the best way so it took 28 for this one so hopefully not for all of them but yeah <laughs> i love it okay we ask every guest that comes on okay sis this question um and i feel like you're gonna have an amazing answer for it if you were to brag about something in your life and you cannot be humble what would you brag about Ooh, this is a good one <laughs> it stumps people i know cannot be humble um when you are you talking about like business prakti whatever you desire whatever comes to mind okay let me think about this for a second <laughs> I mean, I just think it's how epic the brand is. I mean, I have, like, I live and breathe it every day, but the products are epic. Our concept is disruptive. When you think about just Indian-inspired brands, when you think about wellness and what beauty is, you know, transforming into, this brand really had it from day one, and we, we saw it coming. And now everyone's talking about Ayurveda and holistic wellness and we saw it back in 2019 and the products just the innovation at the formulaic level is um is truly remarkable and it's really because of all the chemists the amazing scientists dermatologists and just the conceptual development between me and daria my mentor so yeah i would brag about it i've never really talked about it that way but it's just damn good I mean. <laughs> 
Amen. Oh, I love this. I mean, I we're so excited to try the products and it just feels like there's so much intention and care that comes with the development of these products, which is always so beautiful to hear and something that I look for when I'm as a consumer, like looking to spend money and buy products. I'm like, I want there to be this like amazing intention um, behind it. So bravo to you. Um, Can you tell everyone where they can follow you and the brand and everything you're doing? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Pritika Swarup and the brand is Procti Beauty. We also launched on TikTok a couple months ago. So very you can go check it out it's actually so fun and I don't think that I was so into TikTok and then we started working with this creative team and it just it's really a cool way to even educate people so I have a I have my TikTok Pritika Swarup it's it's getting off the ground but um the two (laughs) platforms and then our website proctybeauty.com you can find all of our products our pretty edit blog and just anything you want to know about Ayurveda and wellness that is your one-stop shop beautiful and sisters you can find us at okasis podcast we love you and we will catch you next episode Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.